0: Daily with Jason Mertedas,
1: and welcome to your Sunday, August twenty third edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez, presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Coming up in this episode, you're gonna hear my conversation with Flyers defenseman Travis Sanheim. He was in on that game winning goal in Game Six to help the Flyers advance past the Montreal Canadiens in Round Number One. He'll be a big part of the team's success going forward if they're able to get past the New York Islanders. Also going to hear from General Manager Chuck Fletcher. He had a chance yesterday to address the media in the off-day-between series, so you'll hear what he had to say. And we now have a schedule for round number two, Flyers-Islanders. Monday is the first game, Game 1, 7 p.m. Eastern. Game two, Wednesday, the 26th, at 3 p.m. Eastern. And then a back-to-back situation Thursday as well, but it's 7 p.m. at night. So 3 p.m. on Wednesday, 7 p.m. on Thursday. Saturday would be game number four. And game number five would be, if needed, coming up on Monday the 31st and then Wednesday game six if needed on September 2nd and then game seven if needed as well on September 3rd so a back-to-back game six and game seven if this series is to go the full length I don't love that aspect of it but it is what it is right now time to get to my conversation with Flyers defenseman Travis Sanheim joining us right now on Flyers Daily fresh off a first series quarterfinal win over the Montreal Canadiens Flyers defenseman Travis Sanheim Travis how you doing?
2: doing pretty good uh can't complain obviously uh coming off the the win last night um big series win for us and um just one of the steps along the way and um trying to get ready for the next one
1: how how important was it for you guys to to end that in six you you missed out on that opportunity in game five they really threw a good game at you guys but to end it in six and not go to seven is pretty important for you guys to get that over with right
2: yeah i think so i think uh Disappointed after Game Five with uh, you know having a chance there to um, you know it was a back and forth game it could have went either way and um, would have been nice to, to finish it in five and um, I think we we uh, wanted to make sure it was done in six.
1: Um, as a defenseman on this team and a guy who activates quite a bit offensively, um, your shot that hit off the post—I guess they deemed that Michael Raffle touched it at one point—but uh, hits off the post, eventually finds its way, ends up being the game winner. Um, jumping in the play and contributing offensively, particularly when you guys aren't getting a lot of scoring, is something that you have to be aware of at all times and and, and sense those opportunities, isn't it?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, in today's NHL, it's uh, the the D have to activate, especially with how good um, teams defend in the playoffs and um, structure-wise. You got to have those extra guys jumping up and, and try to create those odd man rushes, even if it's you know the the fourth, fifth wave. And um, sometimes those are the guys that end up getting the best looks. So um, you know you try to pick and choose, especially uh, like I said in the playoffs, you you don't want to be too risk, too too high risk and. Um, but it's in that you try to you pick your chances, and um, hopefully
1: it pays off. You saw that team in Montreal in the regular season, and we know they're standing coming into the playoffs, and they get by Pittsburgh and you guys draw them. Uh, what was it about their game that, that made them so difficult to deal with? They were not an easy out by any stretch, and they played hard and, and used their speed. What was it about their game that was uh, perhaps the, the most pressing detail to make sure that you limited?
2: yeah uh exactly what you said they, they weren't an easy out at all um you know it was a tough series and um you know they played well i got to give them credit and um you know they you kind of mentioned it there with with their speed and and how hard they work i think they played to their identity and and uh, knew how they had to play to be successful and um you know those young guys coming up are are, are going to be pretty good as well so um, i think they took that step in in, in the playoffs and um, that contributed to, to how how well they did.
1: Travis, one of the things when you play teams in the playoffs after you, know, you see them in the regular season, it's pretty important not to get a preconceived notion what they're going to be in the playoffs. So kind of look at the Islanders that way and go, yeah, they're a really disciplined, defensive-oriented team under Barry Trotz. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what your playoff series is going to look like, does it?
2: I mean, maybe maybe not necessarily, but uh, you know, we have a pretty good understanding. We, we play those guys quite a bit, and um, you know, we we know what uh, what what they're kind of all about. And um, they got a pretty deep team, um, like you said, pretty pretty defensive. And in um, and saying that, they got some offensive power as well that uh, that uh, up front um, you got to watch. So. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a good series and uh, something that we're looking looking forward to.
1: Uh, dealing with with Mon- Montreal, not a tremendous amount of size up front to the same extent as a team like the Islanders. Uh, they they almost look like one of those California teams a few years ago, big, heavy hockey. What's the key to keeping your crease clean with with those guys trying to disrupt your goaltender?
2: Yeah, I think I think Montreal. They were um, smaller forwards, but they were um you know they can get around pretty good and um you know kind of get under checks and uh kind of hard to to keep them pinned so um there was challenges with that um obviously the 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 bigger guys are you got to defend them uh a little differently with with the islanders as well so um you know obviously you're gonna have to play them hard but uh with them being bigger bodies and stuff you you don't want to um, get yourself in a you know wrong spot where um, you know they can take advantage of their size.
1: Travis, in the last three wins you got in the series over the Canadians, um, you guys in the third period, you know, staking a, a one goal or two goal lead and really clamped down defensively. And I'm not talking just about you as a defenseman, but also you know the wingers in the center, the five man unit defensively, keeping shots to the outside and limiting those high danger chances. Uh, against a team like uh, the Islanders, is that something that, when you look at the Islanders as that big, heavy team with you know some speedy skill and a guy like Barzell, that is a task that's going to be even more difficult to kind of deal with from from a lockdown standpoint.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, for us, I think that uh, all along, even even in the round robin, we we did a great job of uh, you know when, when it came down to it. Uh, late in hockey games, we were, we were able to uh, defend a lead and, um, you know, play well defensively from, from all areas, whether it be our forwards, coming back, defense, um, having good gaps and, and being, um, you know, being able to shut down their, their, their forwards and uh making big saves when we need them. And, um, you know, that's, that's the recipe of, of a good playoff team and um, something that we want to continue moving forward.
1: Last question for you. Um, when you win that series and you got a couple of days off until the next one begins, is there time for, for a day to just kind of exhale, let that series go into the rear view mirror fade away before you go right back into hyper-focus on the next opponent?
2: Yeah, I think that's uh, for sure. I think last night you enjoyed the win, you enjoyed the series. And today you kind of uh, take, take a deep breath and um, enjoy the day, take the day off and, um you know, tomorrow we're gonna get right back into the thick of things and um move our focus onto the islanders.
1: these seven game series are fun. they get a little they get a little storyline a little nasty going too, don't they?
2: Yeah, and I think we got a couple back to backs in this series so it, it it'll be heated for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't love those back-to-backs, even though you guys aren't traveling, to be honest with you, but uh, it is what yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, Travis, uh, congrats on the series win and uh, the great play uh, from you in that first round. Looking forward to keeping it going in the second round. Best of luck, and thanks for doing this.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having
1: me. Special thanks to Travis Sanheim for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. The general manager, Chuck Fletcher, had a chance to address the media after round one. He did so yesterday, and here's what he had to say. Hey, Chuck. Uh, Kevin Hayes after the game, as said said, was a Uh, He thought it was a real good sign that you guys did not play up to your capabilities in this series and still won four games. Uh, Do you think this team has another level to go to in these playoffs?
0: Yeah, I do. We'll probably have to find it if we want to continue to to win games and move on. Uh, You know, you have to give a lot of credit to the Montreal Canadiens. They played a very structured, very fast game. Uh, They put a lot of pressure on us. Uh, I think we put a lot of pressure on them at times too, and – uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, free ice out there. Uh, we had to battle for everything we had. And I do think we started to get a few more chances offensively as the series went on. I think our power play got a little bit better as the series went on. But, uh, but there's no question. I think there's uh, another level we need to get to. And, and that probably goes for every team that's, that's still playing.
1: Hey, Chuck, I, I know you guys as GMs got a lot of questions about kind of what format you might want here. You reseed. You still wind up having all these divisional games. Is, does that help having familiarity that, that that every team kind of knows the other team you're facing here? Especially you guys know the Islanders very well.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, look, uh, it's uh, th- this has been um, incredible hockey. I think you have to give all these players a lot of credit uh, taking four months off, a four month pause, and you know, I don't. I think everybody's a little bit different than what they were from before the pause. Uh, teams are different. We've seen teams that have played much better here than they were playing before the pause and we've, we. And there's also some teams that, that aren't here anymore that couldn't get their game back to that level. So there's been unique challenges here. I think familiarity is certainly going to be a part of it. But, um, you know, I think, that, again, going back to the last question, I think the key for every team is how you continue to adapt and evolve and get your game going and we have four games in five and a half days starting Monday, so there's there's not a lot of practice time. You, you're going to have to come in with the right mindset, make quick adjustments, and, and, and get your game to a high level very quickly.
1: Hi, Chuck. I want to ask about expectations evolving. Back in September, you had essentially said that the goal for the season was to change the mindset of the team, get the team back into relevancy, obviously look to, to make some noise in the playoffs, and you've done that now. But obviously – the team and the players and the coaching staff—they want to do more than that. So, how do you balance the idea of this year maybe already being a success in some ways, and then there's still being more to accomplish?
0: Well, you know, it's been a been a process to get to this point. Um, a, a lot of work has been put in by the coaches and the players to to come together and and, and make us relevant again, to to use your term. Um, but. You only get so many chances in this business, and, and uh, you know, there's, there's uh, 23 teams not playing and, and eight of us that still are, and, and uh, you know, you always like to think you're going to get this far every year, but it's tough, so, I mean, we've got to take advantage of this opportunity, and um, it's a great learning experience on the one hand for a lot of our young players that haven't uh, played a lot of playoff hockey or haven't played any playoff hockey until this year, uh, but opportunities are, are not always there, and, and we have a good one right now.
1: Um, I know this was just the first step, kind of like what Charlie said, but uh you know the Flyers hadn't won a series since two thousand and twelve and I know what made Elaine Vigneault so appealing was that uh, he's had a track record of producing immediate results. Do you feel like he's kind of delivered so far on your vision for what you had for him and this team
0: yeah, Elaine and his staff i mean he, you know I think we have a very, very good uh, coaching staff altogether, obviously Elaine's the head guy, but you know, Mike Terrian, Mike Yeo, Ian Lapierre, Kim Dillable, uh, you know, our video guys, uh, you know, they, they work really hard. I, I think we, we're a team now that I think has an identity. Um, you know, a season ago, I don't think we, we, we played the game the right way. We, we, uh, we didn't defend well. We didn't manage to puck well. We didn't manage the game well. And I, I think uh, we have a much better defensive identity now than what we did. I think the players understand what's expected of them. They bought into it. And uh, you know, so that, that's that's very important. I don't think we'd be here if we if we weren't able to accomplish some of those things. But but uh, yeah, I, I think the in, in the first round with A.V., I think he saw what a veteran coach can do. He did uh, some really uh, really good things in game, moving uh, players around, moving lines around, not afraid to make changes. Uh, has a pretty good sense of of the game within the game if you will and and maybe how to push some buttons there and and uh, he he's a very successful veteran coach and and I think he did a tremendous job in that first round with, along with his coaching staff. Uh yeah, you touched on a lot of what I was going to ask but specific to the to the way that you close out games and, and and all four wins. Uh yesterday AV said third periods were generally the strongest in the series and all four wins were games were up for grabs in the third and you really limited uh time and space of the Canadians in those games how much does that speak to the identity you know as well as the growth of the team you know from where they were this time a year ago yeah and, and not only that I mean let's let's be honest the first two periods after maybe the first four or five minutes of the first period through to the beginning of the third period we, we were on our heels uh, they they were coming they were pressing they were pushing they were the better team and and what I liked is is not only that we were able to close it out, but that we were able to close it out after really getting away from our game a little bit. And again, credit goes to Montreal. They pushed us, uh, they pushed us out of our comfort zone and, and we had to get that back and, and our gaps were better. We defended better. Our our ball play was better. Um, You know, we were able to, to actually spend part of the period down in down in their end. And, and, uh, you know, I think we really defended well And that, there's some confidence. I think we've been able to do that for a lot of this season. And, and uh, when we needed it uh, last night, the guys were able to deliver.
1: Yeah. Hi, Chuck. You mentioned yeah. teams now versus how they were playing before the pause. When you look at the Islanders, are they, are they one of those teams that's far different now than they were the last time you saw them back in March?
0: Well, they, they played us very well all year. Um, you know, I, I to me, I've been watching a lot of games here. Obviously, uh, where we spend a lot of time over at Scotiabank watching as many games as we can, and I think they played as uh, as well as any team in, in our bubble uh, here in Toronto. They've they've found their game very quickly, and uh, they play with purpose and structure and identity. and And, uh, and they have uh, they have uh, some skill up front too. They have three lines that can score, and uh, you know they're really uh, really a good hockey team. So. You know, I can't really speak to exactly where they were before the pause, but certainly they're a team that has found their game very quickly and they're playing very well, and that's a credit to to their coaching staff and their players.
1: Yeah, Chuck, sometimes stats can be misleading. Uh, Travis Konechny has been snake bitten in the postseason, but what do you see from uh, his play?
0: You know, I think Travis is one of those players that has another level uh, that he needs to get to. Um, You know, in terms of – Using his speed uh, to create and, and getting more pucks to the net, I think he's, he's he's getting better, but there's still another level he needs to get to. And and uh, but that line uh, produced a lot of uh, chances for us the last few games, so I think they're they were starting to get going. And uh, and again, we're going to need everybody, not just uh, Tk, but everybody to 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 up their up their level as as the stakes get higher. We'll go to Kevin Dursow, ESPN Radio. Hi, Chuck. You talked about the adjustments that A.V. made throughout the series, but even in the absence of Matt Niskanen last night, the pairing of Travis Sandheim and Phil Myers is one that was difficult for coaches to break up. What about their chemistry and their playing style do you like, and what has made everyone so willing to trust it as the season progressed despite their age and experience? Well, I give a lot of credit to, you know, to Mike Yo and really to the whole coaching staff, and, you know, with young players, you you know, at some point, you just have to trust them. You have to play them, and they're both uh, big rangy defenders uh, who can really skate. They both have great sticks uh, and obviously they both can handle the puck and, and shoot the puck. I mean, they're, uh, they both have tremendous uh, upside and, and should have a bright future ahead of them. But, but what they've shown the ability to do is, is, is to match up and to, and to defend, you know, whether it's their length, uh, again, their, their stick, their, their, their mobility, a combination of all that. And, and they've had experience playing together in Weehi Valley, so I think they they quickly earned the trust of, um, you know, of our, our coaching staff and and really when without Matt Niskanen last night, if you look at it, we have a lot of young defensemen. I mean, somebody has to play, so uh, they all stepped up and did a good job. And, and uh, you know, it's not easy closing out a series when, when you're a young player and you don't have that experience of having one playoff series in the NHL. And you know, the, to 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 win that game without Matt Niskanen, I think is a real confidence boost for, for not just uh, Travis and, and, and Phil, but for all of them.
1: Chuck, obviously as a general manager, you have to prepare for lots of different contingencies, but the emergence of Carter Hart at such a young age, how has that accelerated maybe the timeline for contention that he's this good, this young already?
0: Wow, it's, it's remarkable. He's 22 years old and, and he's out there giving us a chance to win. Uh, every game and, and I've said this a few times about Carter that you know he, he's obviously very talented and, and his track record speaks for itself but maybe the most impressive thing about Carter is uh, if he gives up a bad goal or a game doesn't go as well as he wants it to he just has this uncanny ability to bounce back and uh, really our team has taken on that that persona I would say the second half of the season as well where you know, we'll have a bad shift, we'll have a bad period, we'll have a bad game, but we find a way to get going again. And, and Carter certainly has that mentality too. And, and uh, you know, as he continues to grow, he's going to give us a chance to be competitive here for a while.
1: Hi, Chuck. I wanted to uh, just ask you about Oscar and the moment uh, that he had at center ice the other day at practice. Elaine Vigneault said the coaches were almost in tears. Just um, what did that mean for you, for the team, and what do you think it meant for Oscar too?
0: Well, I mean, for the team, it means everything. He's uh, obviously a, a very important uh, hockey player for our team, but everybody knows what he went through and, uh, you know, to have him back and have him interacting with his teammates again and have him around. And now he's skating with the group and he's at breakfast with the team and he's playing ping pong last night with the guys after the game. And, you know, it's just, it's just great. I mean, things, uh, took a really bad turn for him in December. And here we are in in August and, uh, you know, he's he's climbing back and and, and getting his life and his career going again. So we're just all very excited and and, uh, hopefully we can keep playing long enough so he can come back and join us this season. Elaine has
1: talked about how the NHL has done a good job providing a safe environment up there. My question is, do you feel the players also deserve some credit for following the protocol, which uh,
0: has resulted in no positive tests, yeah. The players deserve a tremendous amount of credit. And I mean, today's day 28 for us uh, up here and we played 10 games and, and uh, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of structure. There's a lot of uh, rules that you have to follow, but uh, you know, you see guys walking around, they have their mask on and everyone's uh, doing the right thing. And, and uh, you know, I think again, it's uh, you know, every, everyone's away from their families for a while here and we're, we're doing this because we want to win. And, uh, I think everybody's taken that seriously and, and, uh, you know, and, and respecting kind of the, the commitment that everyone's made to be here. And, and, but I give them a lot of credit and, and, and again, the league has done a tremendous job. It's uh, it's just a great setup here.
1: Hey Chuck. Uh, thanks for doing this. Sorry. I was on another call just two minutes ago, so I hope that you haven't been asked this already. I'm just wondering looking a little bit further ahead with uh, the salary cap staying flat for the foreseeable future. What do you think this off season, especially once free agency opens is going to look like across the league?
0: Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, teams, once you get, uh, you sign your own RFAs and you look at the, the salary cap being flat for potentially two to three years, uh, there's not going to be a lot of liquidity in the system. So it's going to be interesting how free agents approach that, how teams approach that. Um, you know, it might you might see more hockey trades, uh, dollar for dollar trades where teams need to improve or need to, upgrade in certain areas and, and you don't have the ability maybe to go into the UFA market. So you, uh, you know, you'll have to be creative and, and, uh, and finding solutions with other teams. So uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, a lot of teams, obviously every summer, everybody is always looking to improve. And I think you'll see that again, but again, without the normal liquidity that you normally see in the system, it, it's going to force teams to be more creative. Chuck, I was just wondering uh, how you felt about ghosts of uh, resiliency last night. And Ivan Provorov called him a leader in the locker room following the game. Uh, I was just wondering what the case of that is uh, with him being out of the lineup. Yeah, he, Ghost is really respected by his teammates and by the coaching staff and really by all of us. He he's had he had a tough battle this year, you know. It was just lingering uh, issues, you know, with his legs, his knee, and, and he uh, – He never felt right he couldn't really get his game going he didn't have the same explosiveness in his skating and he's a he's a player that with his style needs to have a little pop in his in his skating a little explosiveness to to beat people to to create the lanes to get pucks to the net and he didn't have that and and uh, obviously your confidence can dip and and you feel like you're chasing it all all season and uh, he's looked really good since he's been here Uh, he's skating the best that he's skated since i've been with the flyers uh, he's making plays. I thought last night he was outstanding and not even just uh, with the puck. Um, you, you know, uh, he really created the one goal there by jumping up the ice on the rush and then pinching down on the wall and had a, had a really noticeable impact offensively. He almost scored a power play goal, uh, but I thought he was very good defensively. He had a good stick. He had a big open ice hit on Suzuki. You know, he had to play the offside. He moved around and um, you know, that, that's not an easy thing to ask of a, of a guy, but uh, Give him credit and and he's playing his, again, this is the best hockey he's played since I've been with the Flyers and, and that's exciting for our team when you can add a guy of that caliber.
1: Some of those moves Chuck Fletcher made at the trade deadline, Derek Grant and Nate Thompson paying dividends for the Flyers. Nate Thompson taking that final draw with 10 seconds left in the Flyers zone against his former team, the Montreal Canadiens. Won that draw, controlled that draw, and the Flyers were able to come away with a one-goal win and win that series in six games. That's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. The captain Claude Giroux will join us coming up on tomorrow's episode, and it will be a game day episode. Game one between the Flyers and Islanders. Flyers Daily presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Flyers, Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible. So you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Pen Medicine. Learn more at penmedicine.org slash ortho and give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flyers Daily, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. You'll take
0: my life, but I'll take yours too. You fire musket, but I'll run you through. So when you're waiting for the next attack, you better stand, there's no turning!
2: Smoking horses, breath. is a bunch of